Yeah. Movies for guys who like movies. It's beer time. That's right. Ugh. 1980. Kurt Russell stars in what Robert Zemeckis would have as his only rated R movie for a long time. I want to say Flight. Flight. Until flight would be this is used cars. You want them, we got movies for guys who like movies. Coming up next, only on TBS. So that's it. We are back with it. So used car. So we're all Kurt Russell fans. Mm-hmm. Are we not? Like my favorite actor. That's Charlie Stabile talking. There we got um, Lee Jason Keesler. He's actually he's talking via Skype on this broadcast. Yes, well, well, everyone know that the food is good and they're treating me well. And, and there's a man there that America pull out of Iran. That's how I feel. I feel like I'm being held hostage by this cold. You can trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. <laughs> now you will go oh to sleep. God. Yeah, I'll see the water very open more. <laughs> I love the, the, the reaction of the couple. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. He's going to play. Oh, God. He's going to Damn, that'll get a bit my hand off. Oh, my God. That's another movie. Yes. But, um... We're all, so when we think of Kurt Russell, like I mean, for me first, it's Big Trouble in Little China, probably Escape from New York. And, yeah, not necessarily in that order, but those are the two. Yeah, yeah. What others pop immediately? Captain Captain, Captain yeah. Ron. Jason, you go ahead. Which ones? Uh, Captain Ron. Uh, yeah, the thing. Yes. McCready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So uh, the breakdown. Breakdown. Okay. So now, all right. Because um. I'd love to say, oh yeah, Silkwood. I love his no, performance. No, I don't care for Silkwood. And he got a Golden Globe yeah, nomination. Yeah, he's good in it. He I is will good. Say. The movie's okay, but yeah, I mean it's well, but um, used the thing. The the reason I started with that is I had never heard of used cars. I didn't. Until, I didn't know of it until you you showed it to me. Yeah, yeah. So like used cars until like I'm gonna say like maybe 10, 11 years ago was the first time I actually saw it and. And found it because it was it was Dave who had told me about it, and I was like, "Wow, right on." The movie has an interesting uh, backstory. Um, it was, I believe, Zemeckis's second film after "I Want to Hold Your Hand." Okay, and um, he couldn't sell it to Universal, so he tried to take it to Columbia, where whoever the head of Columbia was used to be a hey. used. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. He used to be a used car salesman. I can do it. So he got it. So Zemeckis then got Spielberg on board to produce it with John Milius. Yeah. And this movie came out in the summer of 1980. Airplane? Airplane. Yeah. Used Cars was murdered at the box office. But also, you have, you have to also take into the, the fact that um, the movie didn't even get a wide theatrical release. No. Which is very odd. How do they screw this up? I don't know. The movie only got released in like a section of the country in, in, in theaters. This is technically... A direct-to-video movie, yeah, which is very odd. Yeah, uh, it didn't blow up until home video and HBO and stuff like that. Jason, did you ever hear of it? Had you ever before we are doing this episode? Did you ever watched it? I, I, I mean, I remember seeing it as a kid on TBS. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was the super ultra censored version. About to say, what would yeah. this movie be like? Wow. Because yeah. I, I, I had that thought when I was re-watching it. What would this be like on censored television? Oh, God, Because yeah. it's a racy movie. Oh, yeah. Like, and I mean, Zemeckis, I mean... Z- it, wow, you would not think that this would be the guy that would go on to do Back to the Future and stuff like that. So, um, where do you guys want to start with it? Do you, I mean, what's the plot of the movie? What um, do you want to do? Well... Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's let's do that. So, in a lot of ways, like this is this is definitely Kurt Russell's uh, baby. Like he is the um, he is the quintessential used car salesman. Oh my god! But he's the, he's a very likable, the most likable of any used car salesman. This, arguably, this movie does a fantastic job of setting up who he is and what he is within the first five minutes yeah. uh, of the film. And that's that's to the movie's credit. Uh, basically, um, there's two stories going on here. Uh, one with the there is two used car lots right across the street from each other, owned by twin brothers who hate each other. And the evil one wants to put the other one out of business and take that business, while at the same time they are building an, a new interstate. Yep, that's it. Uh, to that's gonna come through, I believe, um, the evil brothers' lot. Right. So he needs their lot. But at the same time, Kurt Russell, uh, Rudy, needs to make $10,000 within the span of about, what, two weeks? Yeah, a it's week? a very short period. Uh, so that he can hit 50000 and basically buy a Senate seat. <laughs> this movie is so politically incorrect and on the nose. And it, it, and it's, I can't imagine a movie like this being made today, uh, that he's just basically going to buy a Senate seat. In, in, and he's a used car sale. What state is this? Missouri. Missouri. Like, cause I remember the first time I watched it, I didn't pick up on that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like, yeah, California. Easily. I easily like thought it was California. Which it probably really is. Jason, where do you want to start with it, man? First thoughts on used cars. Well, uh, I guess I'll save the big reveal to the end. But, I mean, like, I don't, one of the things I do like about it is I'm a big Jack Warden fan. Thank you. We get two Jack Wardens and... I'm glad that the nice Jack Warden died pretty early because, you know, my my memories of Jack Warden really come from the Bad News Bears TV show and then Problem Child and then my overall favorite performance Jack Warden ever did from Dirty Work. <gasps> Dirty Work. Yeah. I forgot yeah. he was in that. Yeah. No, no, because what I always that? what I always knew Jack Warden from, like you said, was Problem Child. Yeah. Uh, I love I love those movies. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what Kate Fear says. Like Problem Child's great. So, but I act, I honestly believe this is Jack Warden's best performance. Oh, absolutely, best performance. Is. And I love how they like they talk about the D, the first of all the DVD commentary for this is amazing. It's my favorite DVD commentary. It's so it's up there with the thing for me. And there are, any Kurt Russell one is really Big good. Trouble in Little China is great too. But there he, is something about this one. It is infectious. It's so much fun. The thing starts. With Kurt Russell laughing, <laughs> that's the first thing you hear when you turn that commentary on, and it is a ball uh, listening to that. It's funny when they talk about Jack Warden though. They said that he didn't want to do it until they told like Zemeckis was like he had talked to somebody and was like you know oh classic actors like him they want to do there are three things they want to do they want to play two parts they want to play dead and they want to play drunk and so he was a that's why he made the the brothers twins okay. And then, so that was where he's like... The brothers... You get, oh, twins. So twin brothers, yeah. So that he, you can play two parts, and then you get to die. 
Yeah, and that's why he took it. It's the second <laughs> best corpse performance uh, oh, other than Bernie. Bernie, yep. Because as Kurt Russell says, my favorite moment of the commentary is when Kurt Russell begins maniacally laughing after they close the door and Jack Warden just kind of bumps a little. Yeah. And it's because that's just Warden just acting as a dead body. And it is so funny. It's so subtle. But I didn't realize how funny that was until I saw that commentary. How cool is the, the first, the opening credits of this movie are phenomenal. They're great. Yeah, they're great. Uh, I love the the mileage counter. Like, that tells you everything you That think. crane shot is amazing. It's really impressive. How it yeah. comes down and into it's the car. Right, right on. Yeah. It's great. It's a great precursor to something like Back to the Future, yeah. which is a long tracking shot sure. with a lot of business in the front. Yeah. Yeah. This movie definitely feels like a warm-up uh, for Robert Zemeckis. Um, some things he gets right, some things he doesn't. Because like I said off-air, there are problems that I have with this movie. Right. Uh, which I really want to hear Jason talk about. Uh, hopefully he's still with us. I am there. I was just listening to you drone on and on and on. What do you think about... Well... What do you think about the... Re- All right, so we talk about Kurt Russell. We talk about Jack Warden. There are some other awesome supporting people in this. Not to... Frank McRae. Frank McRae. Yeah, Frank McRae's here. We also get Lenny and Squiggy. I don't care what you it's say. It's awesome. It's Lenny and Squiggy. Yeah. I don't even right. know if it was necessary to cast those two. Like, that's that's yeah. one of the that's one of my issues. Because you see them and you think, oh, this will be good. Nope. And There's it, absolutely no care. They have no charisma at all. They're, they're I, oh, I don't know about that. They—they're fun. I somewhat agree with you. I think they're a lot of. I don't fun. like the way Squiggy films the nudes. Oh scene. yeah, he, it's he, so over the top, and like yeah. they've never seen boobs before. It—it's just weird. Um, the other great supporting part in this movie uh, is Garrett Graham, who I only know from Child's Play Two. Yeah, I very. I'm, well. Yeah, this is one I of the agree. things that I think, as, as good as he is, this is one of the things that I think would have made the movie better. Do you know who was originally supposed to play this part? No. John Candy. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. I thought he had the John Flaherty part. No, no, no. John Candy was supposed to do the Garrett Graham part. That's what I've read. I thought he was supposed to do the Flaherty, because he, the, you know, the political guy who advises oh, I evil. Oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Jackass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I think Candy would have done better in this role. Except for the womanizing stuff. But Candy ended up doing that in Splash. Uh, The other great little cameo is uh, Grandpa Munster. Fucking awesome. He makes a lot out of that part, especially the walking (laughs) up the... He has... You could drive a truck through his pauses. Oh, which we've heard about that uh, in this movie with Garrett Graham, the way he approached this part, which was some classically trained actor or something... What was it he told Garrett Graham to do for this, like to make sure his part wasn't cut during the movie? Was speak fast. Speak talk as fast, fast as you can. Talk as fast yeah, as you yeah, can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that way they'll, they they can't cut as much out of your performance. Yeah, it's a weird. I've never heard well, of that. Take the ones. Take the scene where they're just getting done dig. Like they're um, they're putting the finishing touches on burying the fir- the good brother who dies. Spoiler right. alert. Um, they're putting the finishing touches on. So evil Jack Warden shows up. Uh, in that scene, Garrett Graham didn't have any lines, any written lines. What are you a fucking parrot? All he does is like he yeah. intent like, and Jack Warden didn't know this that Garrett Graham was just going to repeat everything that Kurt Russell said, so it started to piss him off. That's why that line uh, is an ad. So that's that's it's a legit fucking ad-lib. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also have to say, I, this movie has these the best performance in a movie by a dog. Holy fuck! This dog is awesome. I love Toby. Like. 
like oh. usually uh, th- these kind of performances are pandering. Like as much as I like the Beethoven films, like yeah. that, it's a pandering film. Yeah. But this dog is so good. Grabbing those those screwdrivers, that's impressive. That's great. I love the 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 gag with uh, him behind the car. Yeah. Yeah, and just the way he lays it, the way he looks up and looks down. He, uh, this movie has so much going for it. Even the dog is funny. Yeah. Even the dog is funny. That yeah. feels like a tagline. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really impressive. Jason, go ahead, man. Oh, well, I do like the bit with, you're talking about the dog with the screwdrivers, is uh, Jack Warden's character, the good brother, he says, bring me, what is it, bring me a Phillips head? And yep. he comes back, he says, this is a flathead. I mean, it's just like so casual. Yeah. It's like the, the like dumb dog, yeah. you know, even though the dog just went to fetch tools. Uh, uh, and I don't, like, it's just... I'm interested, like, Charlie's Charlie's problems with it are probably my whole problem with it, because I didn't like this movie. Okay. okay. I mean, hey, I think that, I, I actually, I, I was, uh, well, Will called me uh, this morning and, and told me that. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to get him amped up, because I was like, I, well, this is going to be I, great. But I was amped up in a good way, because I don't want to do this podcast with all of us liking the same movie. Sure. I, sure. Think, it's, I think it's very interesting that you didn't like it. Uh, I showed it to a buddy of mine a few months ago, and I wasn't. Sh- I, I don't know if he liked it or not. Uh, he didn't tell me, but I'm. You know, it's hard to tell. I know he laughed in it, but... I can't read them. So I, I am interested that we have two people who like the movie and one person who doesn't. So, Jason, what are what are, what are are some of your problems with the movie as a whole? It changes. It's like it's tone uh, shortly after. Like I, the scene that you were talking about with Squiggy filming the nude scene. Yeah. That is so crazy and anarchistic. I mean, the, the whole thing. They are pirating television time. And the the glasses with the buggy eyes. Oh, which are dicks. Uh, did you notice that? Those, those are dicks. Those are awesome. The chick is screaming because she didn't know she's going to get nude. The one guy's freaking out because it's a red car. You know, Frank McRae's character is like laughing and screaming, kids. amazing. And Ziggler's right there trying to sell this car. And the, when it zooms in and it's that image that there's the boob, there's... Kurt Russell with those just boggly eyes and then that the kids are all sitting there watching this on TV that scene uh, that uh, I like that I was like that's fun because that's like okay this is anarchistic and earlier when they said we can't do this Rudy we're going to get in trouble he's like they'll have to take it up with the owner and he's dead it's like they, it's like there's no repercussion I love that Later on with the scene where they go and start blowing cars up and shooting cars. Which was real ammunition. Like, yes, which was real no ammunition. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry, yeah, Jason. There's, yeah. there's absolutely no repercussion. And then all of a sudden, there's a romantic element introduced to it, and all of that goes away. I think, it was, I I think it was an attempt to humanize uh, the Kurt Russell character, to make him uh, more endearing than he appeared at, at first. Um yeah, because you're you're right. The first half of the movie is different than the second half. Um, my my first problem with the movie, right off the bat, I'm going to go forward and then backward. One of the funniest parts of the movie is no, what is it? No one ever got um, died for fifty dollars or, or what's what's the line? 
Yeah, that's it. No, no, yeah, yeah. Fifty dollars didn't kill anyone. Fifty dollars never killed anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when Jack Warden comes in, oh my god, it is so funny. Let's back. Let's talk about the demo. Well, well, hold on. Okay, like, like that. That's what I'm gonna get to. It's so funny, but I don't think it's as funny because I really don't like the scene where Jack Warden is basically being killed. <laughs> Uh, with the demolition derby driver. Holy shit. It's directed like it's funny, but in a way I think it's kind of horrifying that he's yeah. taken into the car and and the demolition derby driver is just like just driving around, wrecking the car, and he's having a heart attack right there and his pills go out the window. Like like see you find that funny. Yeah, dude, I do, because it, Which is fine. Like it's because the way Warden acts it out is in comedic he does it in a very comedic way, but, but go ahead. But the way that he is portrayed before that is a very sweet man. Right. And and it I feel really bad for him. Right. So when he comes in with that with that uh, fifty dollars never killed anybody, I want to laugh more than I am. But you know, I know what he's been through. Kurt Russell never figures out what he's been through. Right. You know, so I, I, I feel like I wish they had come up with something different. Uh, because, like Jason said earlier, this movie does have some extreme tonal shifts. It goes from screwball comedy to romantic comedy to like horrifying Almost. murder, like and let's yeah. not. I would almost say kids flick at the end when they recruit all the high school kids to help them. That's a very kid flick thing to do. It is. That, there's that. Um, I, mean, I don't see people complaining like, about uh, one crazy summer oh, because because no one remembers one crazy summer. Uh, the, I think it's I think it's also almost as horrifying when uh, they stage his second death. <laughs> Oh, yeah. dude, that and, is so good. And the it's funny, but the daughter never gets upset at the fact that they basically <laughs> just torched her father. You know? Like, like there's no repercussion for that. Go ahead, Jason. No, that's the thing. Is she's more mad at them for not telling her the truth. Yeah. Not, not lying. And first of all, she's a nosy bitch. <laughs> she went through. She just has a hookup with this dude. He goes, I have to get up and go. There's an emergency. So she feels the need to listen to his answering machine? Mm. I think I'm going to go back to Rocky Five on this. Uh, you know, like, you know, the thing, I think the overriding, you know, kind of motif in the movie is deception. Like, things are... The, it's it, used cars. It's, it's, it is. Like, the used cars, even though they, they may disagree that the at the time that it was a, a good title for the movie, it's a perfect title because everything is... Uh, you call it a swerve. You can call it, um, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it of that regard. But that's what a lot of this movie is about because that's at heart. Like Kurt Russell is always moving and shaking his way through it. And a lot of the other characters are too. I mean, the every, I'm trying to think of like, I think the only genuine person in the movie is poor Jack Warden who gets killed off in the beginning. Yeah, it's the only hurt. decent human being. Even because the daughter he, is he, a, he chastises uh, Kurt Russell uh, for doing that dog. Oh trick, God, that's awesome! Which is a great trick, but I do like <laughs> that he chastised. Yeah, him totally. Yeah, uh, he's like, well, I can't sell cars if I can't get people on the lot. Right. Yeah, and like some of their tactics are 
fantastic. I love Kurt Russell dancing on top of the car. Oh my! Kurt God. Russell can dance. So do you like? Did you pick up like in the in the DVD commentary like? He joked that like this is like kind of like where your Bill Clinton origin story yes. is told. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I I like that too. Uh, I also like the, the picture of Kurt Russell. Oh, uh, just the <laughs> trust me. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah. So like like that stuff. Yeah, but so Jason, so it, it becomes a romantic comedy um, at, at one point, which you said, which I agree. Um, do you want to elaborate more on that or? Or, well, like, okay. as a detriment to the movie? Yeah, to me, because here's, from the get-go, here's a guy who's a used car dealer. Yeah, they want to humanize him, but you already portray them that they're going to uh, trick people into coming on the lot, uh, lie to them, then sell them low-quality products and take from them so that he can buy a seat on the set. So That's he is short his money at this point. And then they have the one scene that I like after the Jack Warden corpse getting cor- uh, torched in the bar where his friend, who is super superstitious, starts doing all the things for bad luck to help him. I like that. So he's walking around with 80 grand. So he's going to have buffer money for his goal and then gets in the car with the dude and then just drives by and the lot's closed down and goes, oh, well, she's on trial for false advertising. And he gets out to go help her. Like, where did that come from? Does it feel disingenuous to you? No, nah, see here. Yeah, I think it's a char- I think it's a character arc. Um, and the reason I say it is because like, but Kurt no. Russell from the very beginning, like the one thing that you know, one thing that stirs him away from being like just the, his typical used car salesman self is anytime he has a scene with Jack Warden, which isn't much. It's maybe like one in the beginning, but the Good Brother when he yeah or Luke Luke Luke, Luke Fuchs when Luke passes. It's the one moment for a while that Kurt Russell gets really serious. And it's, I guess you would call this, like, what is it in the script, save the cat moment? Like, Mm -hmm. it becomes, you cannot let the car lot go to the other guy. You can't do it. Because... Well, why didn't he just go buy the car lot? I assume it's probably a little bit more than that. I just, that's, that, that's... Well, they make it clear that, uh, you know, uh, Roy wants the car lot because he thinks his brother is dead. But they say, no, he's on vacation. And then when he come when he finds out that he is dead, he's like, "Okay, the car lot's mine." No, 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 your daughter or his daughter is here. So there's there's probably some paperwork uh, that as to why Kurt Russell cannot buy the car lot. I I mean Kurt Russell's humanized from the very beginning of this movie because the one thing that like is outside of his do whatever it takes to make a sale is he loves Jack Warden like as like mm-hmm. a father. In a lot of ways, and that's why, like when yeah, he, he sees him, like an employee. No, man, like that's why when he dies, like you can tell he takes it hard, and that's why it becomes like you cannot let this car lot fall into the other, uh, the other brother, the other uh, Roy, 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 Fuchs. Roy Fuchs. Can't let it fall into Roy's hands. So you're gonna do whatever it takes, and you know maybe it involves doing some dastardly shit with it. But you know what? I mean, like I can't fault the movie for having a romantic angle to it because. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. That's like that's that, that that's a big part of movies that you're gonna have some type of angle with this. It wouldn't make Rocky worth a damn if you didn't have the Adrian subplot of the movie. But Jason, but this you, isn't Rocky. But Jason, you don't no think, fucking shit. It isn't. But I mean, hold on, J- Jason, you don't think it's faithful to the characters that we've been introduced to? Right. I don't think it is. That's my problem. Is and the tone of the movie, like these guys paid someone to hack a presidential broadcast committed 
thousands of dollars in property damage and then turn on a dime. I, I, That's my It opinion. is absurdist. What's the problem it, it with is, that? It is very absurd. It, it is interesting, too, to point that out. Uh, they... The good guys in this movie seemingly do more dastardly things than the bad guys. Sure. So it is interesting the things that they do, and we laugh at it. And then uh, Roy, the bad brother, does a little video editing, and we're like, "Oh, that's too far." It, yeah. it's, it's something about the play. I, it's in that's. But the, it is absurd. Yes, I mean that's that's why, like you know, I'm. You know, I look at an a, the Abrams movie. I mean, um, Zucker, Abrams, Zucker, yeah. the Zaz film. Yeah, all. You know, I look at those, and I'm like, I mean, they, they certainly come from a ridiculous place, a very ridiculous place, and that's kind of the fun of it. And do they have a romantic subplot? Yeah, Frank. Does is it really necessary that Frank Drebin have a, uh, you know, have a bit with Priscilla Presley? No, but it does help the about, movie. I think it's about the best part of the movie. I mean, yeah. like that first, like even that first, like thirty to forty minutes was just. Him and Norberg, and then him, like, you know, having to, <laughs> or just, let's start with Norberg just getting, like, just killed 15,000 different ways. You know, all that shit's ridiculous. And then the movie does take this weird shift when it comes to, you know, their relationship. But you know what? Like, it, I don't fault the movie for that because it does find ways to balance it out between them. And I think this one, like, you know, I, I you know, is it a perfect film? No, not by any means. But I really dig, like, I dig the car shit at the end, like once the high school kids get involved, because I don't know. It's again, like I, I think it does feed into what we were set up with in the first. Did you notice some of the Back to the Future actors? I did, man. Yeah, yeah. both of Marty's siblings are, are drivers. Mark, yeah, Mark McClure and um, the girl. The girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the, uh, she's with the driving. She's instructor. with the instructor. Yeah, yeah. Extend, I, again, I'm gonna go extend your arm. Extend, extend your, your middle, middle finger. finger. Yeah, um, the same lady, but yeah. But um, yeah, it's. I, I don't know. I, this movie, it's it's crass, it's rude, it's it's borderline racist sometimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Wait, there is an end bomb. Kurt Russell does drop an end bomb in there. Well, I mean, he's not. It's not the, the hard. Well, well, I was thinking more of like <laughs> when Garrett Graham tries to blame like the uh, the Fuchs thing on like oh, Iranian terrorists. Yeah, 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 yeah. All these guys with rags on their head and stuff like that. Um, it, it's it's a very over the top movie. It. it doesn't seem to care about any uh, political correctness. Right, um, right, right. And I, I really dig that. And I, it was, I wouldn't say it's it's like Animal House in terms of like being like a raunchy movie, even though it has raunchy elements. True, yeah. But um, I, I do like that stuff in this movie. I think I think it's handled well. And I think Zemeckis, I think he really cut his teeth on, his teeth on this movie. Uh, a lot of the things that I think he does in other movies are... are are in this movie, um, like Jason pointed out, the the bar scene with um, uh, Garrett Graham doing all that stuff. Right. The way that's edited is very good. Oh like, yeah. Because you have to edit what he's doing with Kurt Russell's reactions with the actual football game and right. the announcing. Right. That's great. And then there's the classic Zemeckis Bob Gale ending, which is just frantic. You know, with all the kids in the cars. You know, every Back to the Future movie has an ending just like that. Uh, where it's just an unbelievably insane third act um, that relies a lot on editing. So it's I don't think it's his best film. I don't I don't I wouldn't even go as far as to say it's it's one of his best films, but it is a damn good movie. It, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, totally. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, I mean just I still 
you know, I still don't like it. Like when your allusion to the naked gun and the romantic part or the, the relationship, those at least also had funny moments that contributed to the comedy. To me, this felt like it brought this movie to a screeching halt. I like the Jimmy Carter scene. Oh yeah, yeah. When Kirk can't, when Kirk can't get get away from the TVs, and I like that Carter's like before he gets cut off and after it comes back on fit perfectly. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I've heard you. I, I, I heard you. <laughs> That's where I was wanting to figure out where it was because it looked like Michael McKean was on a building across the street from the White He was. Yeah. Yeah, which Actually, is interesting. So he was in Washington D.C. <laughs> to hack the the feed for their place in Missouri. Not only was he at Washington D.C., he uh, he either drove or flew to Washington right. D.C., which yeah, you got to wonder how they're paying him. Uh, that is a that is a valid talk complaint. About, I think they talk about that in the commentary though. Like they had to they had to do like I forget like there's something to that in the commentary. Like it was almost like they had to do a workaround. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I do. They mentioned something about I can't remember what it is. Uh, but the, the movie, it's just, there are things in this movie that, that you cannot do anymore uh, for obvious reasons, but one of the chief ones, and the commentary points it out, uh, when the guy buys the car after you know he thinks he ran over Toby, the kids <laughs> are like sitting on the back of the car of the station wagon, and they hit that bump that's a recurring joke through the movie, and the kids fall completely out of the car and smash into the ground, and Kurt just starts laughing hysterically. Like, we could never do that now. You know, we could have really hurt those kids. Yeah. Which, um, like, to segue that, this movie has amazing stunts. Yeah. Real stunts. Kurt Russell is actually on a car. Like, you can tell that's him, his face. Yeah. Uh, as the cars are speeding past, and this guy, stuntman for uh, Jack Warden, flies off the car, hits the ground. Yeah. It's like Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. It really <laughs> Mad is. Mad Max yeah. light. Uh, I, I, I miss I miss those kinds of, of things in movies, um, especially. It, it, oh, go ahead, Jason. Go ahead. Oh, I was I'm just going to say, with all those cars for the surf scene in Escape from L.A. Do what? Oh, the, oh, what? Kurt Russell was car surfing. I was like, for some reason, I mean, it's I fucking it's stupid. Yeah, it, but, well, 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 no, wait a minute. The surf scene. I'm just kidding. That's an overly <laughs> I'm just. I'm, I'm, it is an. That's. <laughs> it's, it's not quite the same. That's <laughs> <laughs> not really Kurt Russell and Peter Fonda out there. Ah. No, but. You, you get what I'm, I'm talking about, just the imagery of there's Kurt Russell just jumping and hopping from car to car to car. And then just at the, at, for some reason, that just came to my mind while watching that. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I, I miss old school stunts like that. Um, I can't get it. I, I, Frank McCray has so many funny bits in this flick. Like, I like that he has narcolepsy. I, but they won't diagnose it. But they, and it's <laughs> he's always, always the, he's, yeah, he's always like about to set the place on fire. Yes, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of when they tell him how to sell a car, and he tells him, "Get once you get in the car, get in the fucking car, man." <laughs> he just bullies a guy, bullies a guy, and then like the I swear, isn't it at one point like he just like destroy like is it the is it the door or something like he can punch a man through glass? Yeah, that's oh, it. That's insane. He can punch he's him. Fine. Yeah, he's <laughs> he won't get Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Uh, uh, the courtroom scene. I, I, I really, I really like that. I, I love, I love, I love Kurt Russell in this movie. He seems like he's having so much fun. I love watching him try to sell cars and how fast he's talking and the shit that's coming out of his mouth sounds just like something you would hear. Oh. at a used car lot. 
Um, it's just, it, there, there's an energy to this movie that feels, it feels like new filmmakers that are just trying stuff. Not yeah. all of it's working, but it, it has this feel of guys that are trying to make it. Yeah. You know, guys that want to I mean, like, good. I'm sorry, like, Porky's, like, has this, I mean, it, it, it feels it, like a working man's movie. Yeah, you know what I mean, I mean, like there there are plenty. There are so many movies that uh, that that are like this that come out in this decade because this is the beginning sure. of it. This ten years, like there's so many goofy, like you know, um, you know, some of them are they change the age group, they put them down to teenagers, a teenage team up kind of movie. Like you know, you're there's some big evil or whatever, like in their you know kind of adolescent world or whatever. But um, that's why, like I was thinking about the, when I was watching, I was reminding me of One Crazy Summer. I was thinking about. Um, I've seen Porky's a few times. I'm not a, I'm not a massive Porky's mark by any means, but that's why it's like, you know, um, I know it gets away with a completely absurdist mm-hmm. type of fucking movie. And it, you know, it works on some levels. This one, though, I, I think part of it also is you have a, you have a really good filmmaker yeah. that, you know, is it the best written material? No, not by any means, but, but it's very well directed. That's the thing always. It's like, it, it, some people have, uh, I've heard this before. Was like, um, if you have a good script with an okay director, it'll still be okay because it's good writing. Well, there was one guy who once said, "You can't." You what was it? Uh, it was Field of Dreams. Right. You know, he said anybody could have directed this movie. Is like it, it wouldn't have been bad because the script was so good. You know, it's like, and I don't know if that's the, actually. I, and I want to believe that because I love writing, but I, at the same I, time, like I, I still think somebody could fuck it up. But that's why, like, when you have a director who takes, let's face it, mediocre on paper work, but, man, do they bring it to life. Mm-hmm. That's a credit to really good directing. Because, mm-hmm. and so I'd say for the most part, this movie, like, has amazing, I'd say pretty damn good directing compared to other movies of this fair. That first shot alone yeah. shows you that this isn't just, you know, just some other, you know, teenage or early 20s whatever type of comedy that's just going to hinge on jokes and that's it like I think I think there's something special in this movie that like you said brings to life will be brought to life more so with better material in other movies like Back to the Future so on yeah um, uh, another thing to point out because uh, this movie is um, at least on the internet it's always compared to Airplane because it came out at the same time yeah. uh, where Airplane had a lot of cheap jokes which were really funny I, I I think Airplane's a wonderful movie. Uh, used cars, it's almost a lost art form to have a comedy that's just as screwball as this, but to have a cohesive story. You know, you, you can't sacrifice laughs for story. Right. You know, and vice versa. This movie has a great story going with it, and it has all the laughs uh, to boot. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think that... That's the movie's strong suit. It does like I and I think what also helps is it's a great ensemble. Oh, it is Act- absolutely because like, Deborah Harmon does a. She is a never seen her in anything else. I've never seen her in anything. I, she's great. Oh yeah, she is hysterical in there. Mm-hmm. It's just that's one thing that also can help, like can help elevate. You know what? Again, is always like you know it's on paper. You know, I'm sure used cars on paper is not the most interesting in movies, but by God, the combination of directing and um, ensemble of actors, I mean, they really bring it to life. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was um, a sign of things to come uh, with these guys. Oh, um, yeah. Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis. Um, Do they go into Back to the Future after this? 
Back to the Future was five years later. I, I don't know Did of them. Did they do uh, Twilight Zone? No, it's Chris Columbus, wasn't it? No, no, no. Twilight Zone, no, he didn't do it either. Uh, no, they, they didn't do that. Right. Uh, Twilight Zone was... Um, George Miller, John, Steven Spielberg, John Landis. John Landis, and Joe Dante. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so... I always remember Landis just because he murdered people by accident. <laughs> Live ammunition. <laughs> but Zemeckis... There's a helicopter. But Zemeckis had such an interesting... Uh, career after because you know he did the three Back to the Future films then he would do stuff like Death Becomes Her and then he did Forrest Gump yeah you know that, that changed things that 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 was his Titanic Con- you know, like, Contact then Contact yeah yeah. then he would do that and then he did What Lies Beneath which is to me his worst film not a bad movie right but he did that then Cast Away and then he got all like motion capture obsessed, yeah. but now he's back. Yeah. He did Flight, which was fantastic, and now he's got The Walk, which is out in theaters right which, now. You know, which you know, if you watch the docu the, the documentary on that man, it on covers Mario, it. Yeah, it. <laughs> but the guy's the guy's a fucking asshole. Like he said, like he sells out his friends. Like he sells out like his 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 girlfriend at the time too. And it's like, and and that's why like I, it kind of turns on the movie, even though like it looks like it looks amazing. Yeah. Looks really good, but but you know he's still around. Don't hear much about Bob Gale anymore. Uh, no, but um, you know they're the keepers of Back to the Future, so like that that's their legacy. Really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was you know he was also you know, part of that film school of guys who were like proteges of Spielberg. Yeah, like Joe Dante, uh, Chris Columbus, guys I, like that. I didn't realize Spielberg got so offended by the Carter bits in this. Like he didn't like that. Like you know. Uh, why? They don't, they don't say anything. Uh, they do say offensive stuff about politicians I mean, Car- in general. I mean, yeah, because I was it Kurt Russell has that line. He's like, you know, oh, they, I don't know. He said no, Fuchs has a great line about politicians. Yeah. Like, oh, I miss the good old days when politicians that were bought stayed bought. I love that. You know, but I don't remember anything bad being said about Carter. I think Russell's character alludes to it. I forget the line. Oh, 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 I remember. Uh, yeah, he's... Uh, he's a, oh, he's like, we can't do that to Carter. We'll be screwing him over. What's the difference? He's screwing us over. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And like Which is, it's not really yeah. a slam against Carter. It's just no. more of a slam against politicians It's like you general. said, like, this movie has a really interesting, like, undertone of, like... I don't remember movies like that back then. Yeah. Like, Und- from the ones that I've seen. That yeah. were that critical of, uh, of a, uh, an administration or... Yeah. Or, sorry, not an administration, but of politics in general. It's just so weird. It's in Kansas City. Like that's still just yeah. It's an odd place. Hilarious. To it's in Kansas City. Final thoughts. Um, I mean, I, what I, would you give it on a one to ten scale? On a one to ten, I'd give it a seven. Okay. I mean, I, get, I, I, get, I, I mean, I can't. I mean, I love it. I think it's an extremely enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. Um, are there other Zemeckis movies I'd watch? Yes. Are there other Kurt Russell movies I'd watch? Absolutely. But this is a nice little diamond in the rough. Oh that, yeah, man. It's like oh, I'm a huge like like when you showed me the, the movie. Uh, you know, it's like, I love Kurt Russell. Have you ever seen Used Cars? I've never even heard of that. You know, and then, boom, I got another favorite. Yeah. You know, so, and this was also at the beginning of Kurt Russell's getting out of Disney. Yeah, you good know? point. This yep. was before Escape from New York. It is. But it was after Elvis. Right. You know, which there's Elvis, like, alliterations to it, too. Yeah. Um, I give it a seven. Yeah. I used to give it an eight, but after the recent rewatch, uh, I, I have to dial it down for some of Jason's complaints that I was noticing. In particular... Just that demolition derby scene. Just, it's just, I, I, I just, it just. He's such a sweet old man, and like, it just rubs me the wrong way. The, even though the following scene is funny. Okay, take that scene, improve it. 
How could you make that funny? How would you make his death funny? Yeah. I don't know. Jason, how would you make it better? How would you make it funny? You don't have the you don't have him talking about his daughter that he hasn't talked to in ten years mm. calling him right before he gets killed. That That's builds how you make it funny. That builds sympathy right there. That he has and, a daughter. So when you're watching him die, then you're like, this isn't funny. Especially when he, he goes to pull the pills out and the demolition driver goes, what, you got your pills, old man? Like, you know, like, just like, this isn't a, I'm trying to scare him. Mickey. I am here to kill him. And <laughs> Mickey, that's right. Um, Jason, uh, you want you want to give it a rating on a 10 scale? Yeah, I mean, both you guys said seven. And I guess to quote the movie, I would have to say, that's too fucking high. So I'm going to give it a four. Four? Four. Four. Because I like 40% of the movie. <laughs> All right, so the movie's what, uh, an hour 50? An hour 53. An hour that's f- another thing. It's a comedy that's almost two hours. You don't right. see that every day. No. No, so that in uh, All right, so, all right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. So, so there you go. Seven, seven, and four. Used yeah. cars. Yeah, it's... It's the... I... I think it's 100% worth a watch, you know, oh, if, absolutely. If, if, um, if nothing else, just because as far as Kurt Russell performances go, it's phenomenal. It is a great Kurt Russell performance. It is a ton of fun that he is having. It is contagious yeah. as you watch it. And I would even go one step further is watch the commentary. That's 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 the biggest um, uh, recommendation I can, I can say is uh, it's my all-time favorite uh, film commentary, and I know a lot of people don't listen to those. Like some people think it's just filler, but uh, I, I love commentaries, especially by people that I, I genuinely like and that are interesting. And uh, that's definitely one of the better ones, if not the best one. My personal favorite. So that kind of puts a bow on uh, used cars. So um, next time on the New Blood Rising podcast will be WCW Sin. 2001. So that'll be the the first pay per view of the buy sold out. <laughs> yeah, of the not so long New Year for, mm-hmm. for WCW. And we haven't decided on a movie yet, but we're probably gonna nope. do something horror themed. Yeah, for I mean, it's, it's, it feels like it should be uh, you know Halloween themed, so that'd be cool. You know, we'll do um, we'll announce that out there on Twitter and everything, so people can get excited about it. But um, until then, the podcast is at New Blood Pod, and you can follow me at William Rankin eighty three. Uh, follow me at CM underscore stabs. And I am at the Jason Keesler. And we'll see you guys. WCW Sin. Start of 2001. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too white? Maybe I should buy some old tab collars. Welcome back to the age of jive. Where have you been hiding out lately, honey? You can't dress as trashy till you spend a lot of money. Everybody's talking about the new sound. Funny, but it's still rocking old to me. What's the matter with the car I'm driving? Can't you tell that it's out of style? Should I get a set of white wall tires? Are you gonna cruise the Miracle Mile? Nowadays you can't be too sentimental Your best bet's true, baby blue Continental Hot funk, cool punk Even if it's old junk Still rock and roll to me Oh, it doesn't matter what you say in the papers Cause it's always in the same old scene There's a new lady town But you can't get the sound From the story in a magazine